Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show. Hello. Your hosts, Don Wright DeBrance and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Dash Radio Show. I am Dawn Wright to Bronson. I have my co-host here, Mr. Peter Mingles. Peter's right here. And um, we have a very special guest tonight, Danny Sanfield. Are you here? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? <laughs> can you hear me? We can hear you. We can hear you. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. We are having one of those like days where you know technology is great when it works kind of days. <laughs> so, so I'm oh, glad that well. you made it. Me too. Me too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate so, it. So, so a little bit of history. And Peter, do you have his whole history in front of you? Because I my sure laptop do. was whisked away. I um, sure do. I was super excited to find out that uh, that you were related to one of the guys from Sirius, your brother, and um, I, I was the one who popped on and made the connection, but Chicago is one of my favorite bands for many, many, many years, and so when I saw that that was your background and uh, the Cal- California Transit Authority is your new gig, right? Yes, yes it is. And uh, it, very exciting to have you, and uh, thanks for making such great music for so many years. Uh, you know what? It's, all I can say is it's been my pleasure. It's been uh, it's been a great life. You know, I I've had a, I've had a wonderful, I've had a great ride. You know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you've had some real great success in your career, and, and not everybody has that kind of um, charmed existence. You know. <laughs> so, um, how how exactly did that happen for you? I mean, the uh, Chicago. Yeah, well, I mean, just tell us your story. How did this journey start? And, um, you know, were you a child prodigy in music? How did it all begin? Well, obviously I started playing drums at a very young age. I was nine years old, so I knew my calling. Uh, It just took a while for me to get, you know, uh, in sync and, and, you know, for for the world world to, to... find me, you know, for the drumming world. I started playing and playing pops and bands, and then, then my parents recognized that I, they better get me a practice pad, and I got a practice pad, and I got a snare drum, and I got a bass drum, and and it, so it goes, and I started, took, took a few lessons, and I was always pretty natural at it, so um, it came it came relatively easy, and, and I, I kind of skated on that for, you know, probably until I was 15 but it, it was really frustrating at the same time because there weren't there weren't many kids my age, and especially in those days, you'll find that musicians and kids develop much younger, and so there weren't a lot of developed, highly developed musicians at my age. So it was really frustrating for me. So the break for me came, and fortunately, because I was really heading in a really really bad direction in my life, I quit school. I was running with street gang in Chicago. And it was it was, a, it was a tough neighborhood, and, and it was getting getting dangerous. And uh, I got a call to go try out for a band um, called Jimmy Ford and the Executives, and and they were Dick Clark's road band. Because in those days, it was uh, you know it was pre the Beatles, you know, before the Beatles, mm-hmm. and right before. And so bands really 
didn't make it. It was more, you know, single artists and solo artists and, and singing groups, you know, and, and good bands, good musicians backed up. So, you know, it was really, this band was Dick Clark's road band, and it was it was a horn band. And, and, and that's where I met Terry Cat and Walter Ferrisader, who, you know, uh, I, I formed a bond with them. And we we left that band. We got fired, you know, uh, ironically. <laughs> ironically, we, the three of us got fired because they, they merged, this band merged into a super group, which was then called The Mob. And it was a horn band. It was an awesome horn band. I mean, they played James Brown, and, you know, uh, it was, you know, a great, great club band. And so we, Terry, Walter, and myself kind of, we fell into a cover band and just, you know, made money. We actually made more money in a cover band, you know, just uh, than we did with, with Jimmy Ford and the executives, but it wasn't nearly as good an experience or band at all. So Walter was at that point studying with DePaul University, and uh, studying clarinet, and he was being groomed for the Chicago Symphony. And Terry, Terry didn't play. Terry Cap at that point didn't play guitar. I mean, he played guitar, but played bass guitar in, in Jimmy Ford and the Executives, and bass guitar in this this other band called the Missing Links. <laughs> oh boy! So, anyway, that band, <laughs> the band that band ran its course, and Walter was being, like I said, being groomed for. Uh, the Chicago Symphony and Terry had gotten an offer to go to the West Coast because the hippie thing was just starting to, to really happen and he was really chomping at the bit to get out of Chicago and and here I, I saw my two musical soulmates I'm thinking well, I'm going to lose these guys you know I've come this far and I really kind of pulled I really was making my living as a musician life with life felt good it felt like I had purpose you know and so I in a, in a move of desperation I I pulled Walt aside and said, hey, let's put together a horn band and let's put together, you know, the best players in the city and, you know, give it one more shot, you know. And he, he said, okay, he had just become married. He said, let me talk to my wife and run it by her. He said, you know, I don't want to end our relationship. I mean, I, I love playing with you and hanging. I, I don't want to end that either. So he came back to me and gave me the, the green light. And... Uh, so then our, the next thing is I approached Terry, and I said, Terry, you know, why, instead of going to the West Coast with this band, which is a really well-known Chicago rock band, why don't you stay here and play, play the guitar in this band? And I told him what we were doing, and Terry thought about it for like a minute or two, and he said, oh, I don't want to leave you guys. You're right, let's, let's do this. So that was really the inception of, uh, of uh, CTA, and then Chicago. And so we, Walter, Walter found James Panko at DePaul University. Uh, I found Robert Lamb on the south side of Chicago. And then uh, six months later, we, Peter, Peter Sotero wasn't in the band at that point. So we, we basically didn't have a bass player. Robert played Hammond organ with bass pedal. So, but it was still a great band. It, the, it was a huge sound. I mean, I remember the first time we played, we had been rehearsing, and, and the Missing Links were playing at a, at a, at a discotheque downtown Chicago called the Pussy Cat at Go-Go. <laughs> I'm dating myself here. I know. And the band, <laughs> I remember the first time the band played together, the audience stood there with their mouths open. It was like, they were, it was unbelievable how big this band sounded. And um, then that's where, that's kind of where it started. And little by little, you know, there's, I could, I could probably take up the whole show telling the story, you know. So at, at that point we, 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 uh, we were a cover band, but we did original arrangements of cover music. And then uh, we got signed with, well, actually, that, 
at that point, Peter Satira was in like a top local band in Chicago called The Exceptions, and those four guys that sang like him, they were amazing, I have to tell you. And they were a cover band, but they did good vibrations and uh, like like the record. As good as the record, you'd walk in and you would think it was the jukebox, but it was really them playing live, which is saying something, because I think they did it better in the actual Beach Boys. They were amazing. So Peter was leading that band, and I, I grabbed him, and that really, really, really turned it into this band into a force because at that point I knew we had three really great vocalists. We had a great horn section. Uh, Jerry was really, you could tell he was an incredible guitarist. And, you know, um, you know, I was pretty good on drums. So it was, that was when the band really, really took shape. And, and James, James William Garcia, who uh, had produced a bunch of the hits, some hits for the Buckinghams called Kind of a Drag and Susan and Don't You Care, uh, was a schoolmate, of former schoolmate of Walter's and Terry's. And uh, he heard, he came and heard the band. He signed us on the spot because he, he was making it as a record producer with Columbia Records. And then um, the, the story, again, again, she goes so much longer, but he he basically brought us out to the West Coast. Put us, we, we lived in a, in a two-bedroom house, seven of us, lived in a two-bedroom house for six months and rehearsed and conceived the Chicago Transit Authority. And, and, that's, and it be, really began from there, you know? Amazing. And, you know, yeah, I, I would it, sit and listen for the whole hour without even blinking because, um, you know, it, we, we're an entrepreneurial radio show. And the story about how something happens is is really, you know, it's it's where it all it's where it all exists. It's where the whole dash is because, you know, we we hear about the overnight success, but we don't hear about the 35 years it took to have an overnight success. <laughs> and you know, it's it's always been tough. It's always been really. I mean, it's tougher now than I've ever seen it. And I have to say that, but it was mm-hmm. it was tough then too in a different way. Um, you know, thank you. I really think it's great that you guys have such a, a, a supportive show that really supports the arts and the music and and get and and really gives people a real true window into what we're about and what we do because it just makes it all a better experience. Thank Absolutely, you. and uh, we you know we really appreciate and honor the entrepreneuristic reality of a musician. You know, so many people think that they if if you have a talent, then you get to be a superstar. But it doesn't work that way. There are millions of talents that have never been heard all over the world, and uh, and they they go they stay silent for generations, and nobody's ever heard of them. And it's a shame. Um, today, you know, people have more opportunity to go ahead and get exposure, but now it's just flooded. It's it's a flooded market, and it's a real interesting thing. And, and musicians are having to turn to different things now. You know, we have. Uh, one of our one of our regulars, Rachel, um, and she's from Brookfield. And I mean, when when she sings, the angels stop to listen. She's fantastic. And you know, they're doing they're doing house concerts, and they're calling up everybody they know, and they're saying, "Hey, can we come do a gig at your place?" And so there's just really interesting ways that musicians are turning because of the way that the industry is today. So when we get back from this commercial break. We'll go ahead and talk a little bit about what music music is like in the industry today. And with Derry, Danny Seraphine right here at the Dash. Thought 
And that was Thanks for tuning awesome. in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradio.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And welcome back. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, that is Mr. Danny, Ser- Danny Seraphine and, uh, from California Transit Authority. Used to be with Chicago, and, uh, and we're here at The Dash Radio. Thank you so much for joining us, Danny. This is very cool. Uh, um, it's great to hear that song. Bill Champlin really, really sings it beautifully, doesn't it? Oh my God! Oh That's my God! Yeah, yeah, incredible That's stuff. It. And uh, you know, you you guys really have a lot of the same kind of vibe that Chicago had. Um, is that the, is it the horns? Is that is that what I'm hearing? You know, it's it's, it's the spirit, the horns, the drums. Uh, you know, there's some there's a great backstory uh, with this record, especially. It took three years to make this record, and Mark Benia, who's our guitarist, truly one of the great guitar players in the world. He plays with Keith Emerson, and he's in this band called Toy Matinee many years ago. And he's a, he's a, he's an amazing guitar player. And, and the original Chicago guitarist Terry Kapp, the late Terry Kapp, was also really one of the greatest that ever lived. I mean, people he's more of an unsung hero. People like Jimi Hendrix and and uh, loved his playing. But Mark arranged the brass for many of these songs. I mean, he's also a talented arranger, composer, but he arranged the brass for Full Circle and quite a few of the others on the record. I mean, I think that's just, and that's the first time he's ever arranged brass, and it's like, wow. He wow. really, really, <laughs> so it does the brass, certainly the brass is Chicago, Chicago-esque, there's no doubt, and, and my drum sound is always going to be Chicago-esque because that's, you know, Chicago, I was with the band for 23 years. I mean, it really, it really was what I was all about, and, and I think I helped what was a big part of what it was all about, along with Peter Cetera and the horn section, Robert Lamb, and everybody in that band had a really key role, especially in the early music, you know. But, uh, you know, it was a great ride. It was, uh, so this isn't a tribute band for sure, but it certainly harkens back to uh, the original uh, jazz rock genre, the Blood, Sweat, and Tears in, in Chicago, you know. Absolutely. Peter, I'm going to just hog this entire interview if you don't chime in. I know. Well, (laughs) you know, Danny, we call our radio show The Dash. And one of the reasons why we came up there is there's that, you know, on your tombstone you have the date of birth and then you have the date that it's over. And very few people know really what that dash represents. And, um, And we're trying to do everything we possibly can to help people fulfill their dash and make a meaningful difference in people's lives. Well... I'm old, when I say I'm old enough, when I was a um, young man, my best friend was your biggest fan. He was a drummer, and I mean, we listened to more Chicago albums. We wore those suckers out. So it's it's really, it must be an amazing feeling to know that you have people that are total strangers, that when they hear your name, or they hear the music that you helped found way back when, and even now, my kids get a chance to listen to you now. Like, and my son is a percussion player, just graduated from school. My daughter picked up trombone, so I love any horn, anything with horn sections. And you guys with Chicago had such a unique, just unbelievable thing. It's just amazing 
that it, it must be an amazing feeling maybe for you to realize how many people's lives they can pin a song that you might have played in to a specific thing that was happening at their time. And that's a, a magical moment. You know, it, oh, it, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's one of the things, Peter, that I'm most proud of is that today the music, there, so a lot of those early, in fact, they're mo- almost everything I hear from the early Chicago stuff still sounds great. So it's timeless. And, and good music is really timeless, and, and there's no greater compliment or, or honest honor than when somebody, you know, that's why I, I don't take it for granted. I'm very much touched by all the great things that people say to me. And, and, and you know, I, I you know I'm, I'm going to be 65 years old, so it's like, you know, I really do appreciate, I really embrace uh, every moment, every time I walk on stage now, I treat it as if it could be my last. I mean, not, not to be morbid, but I think you know, we we tend to take things in, in our youth, you know, oh, gee, another platinum record. Oh, oh, gosh, you know, put it in the closet, you know, and, and you know, oh, there's 30,000 people out there. Oh, God, geez, I'm, I'm tired. I'll, I'll get through the show. You know, I, I kick myself for some of that, you know, not appreciating uh, all, a lot of the moments I do now. And, and, and um, it's a great honor, you know, uh, to, for people to 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 be moved by your music. I mean, first of all, we enjoy doing it. You know, it's not like I, I don't know how. I know a lot of artists. Some artists think that they're doing people a favor. To me, the, that's the opposite. I feel like people are, are doing me an honor and and really doing doing me a favor. In, in a sense of they're really being you know listening to my music, embracing it, paying for it. You know, they allow me to do what I love to do, and, and I'm lucky. I'm a very lucky human being. Absolutely. Well, I know for me, I I pin my memories of my life to some of the music that I hear you have played. Mm-hmm. And that's huge, because when I hear it again, I get a chance to relive it all over again. And those were really magical moments way back then. So you had huge success, obviously, but you made such a big difference in so many people's lives. That's amazing. The really cool thing is you're, you're still doing it. So, and well, this is where you know, they meet old. I, I, I got to Go say this, Peter, okay, because when you say that, I spend time with my mom every time I listen to Chicago. She has been dead for 20 years, but her and I saw you guys in Oak, um, Oakdale Music Center in Wallingford, Connecticut. I'll never forget that moment with my mom, and I haven't seen her in 20 years, but I can meet with her any time I listen to Chicago. So oh, that's like, Thank you. Right? Thank you. I mean, that's just an amazing thing. And, I mean, not too many people can do that for people. So it's you, you're truly gifted, Danny. Uh, you know, I am very grateful. And um, it means a lot to me. Thank you. Cool. All right. I'll stop interrupting, Peter. Go ahead. Uh, that's a, it's just an amazing thing. The cool thing is you're still doing it, which means that I get a chance to introduce my kids. And you're right as far as the music that you've done before. It's timeless. I mean, it fits anywhere at any time. It's just perfect, and we hum a, a lot myself. Okay, so let's talk about the music portion of the business. Um, it's not. I'm, I'm sure it's not easy to be a rock star, and I know that you've had some challenges, and there's some people that you've lost along the way. I was reading some excerpts from your book. And I saw the part about Terry. And, I, you know, I don't follow maybe the band members, obviously, the same way as you do because you lived with it, but he died tragically and way too soon. So oh, how, did that, that. how did that have any kind of an impact on the stuff that you're dealing with? Because some of us deal with challenges like he, when either we deal with it personally or we have family members that are dealing with it, and that had to be really tough. So can you explain a little bit about that to us? We can start now and we'll finish in on the rest of the um, – uh, on, uh, you know, after the commercial break, or after we hear you again in another music, but um, that must have been a really tough thing. 
It was, it was uh, you know, one of the low points in, in my life, and I know I speak for the rest of the bandmates because we, we, you know, there's a certain a band when you become a true band, and there's a time, there's a time period when it's really idyllic, okay, where you really are brothers, and you, you, you realize that, and there's, and you start, you start thinking alike, you start, when on stage, you're, you're playing off one another, and you write. You write, you, you, you create together, you're, you know, you play off one another. You, it's just, and you, you communicate through music. And, and yes, there's there's bumps and, you know, you know, twists and turns to the road, and there's personalities and there's egos, but the, Terry and I were, I loved Terry. I really, truly loved that man, and I know Walter did too, and so did everybody in the band. He was a beautiful person. And drugs really stole him from us. It was drugs more than anything. It was the cocaine and everything, you know, everything. You know, just more, 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 more so cocaine and, and, and alcohol, because they kind of go hand in hand. We're really just tearing the, the band apart. And it was really at a, at, a, at a high peak at that point within the band, especially Terry. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to mention other names because I don't think that's right at this point, but... Um, you know, it stole Terry away, and it was like it was it was tragic. And I I got a call. I was on the freeway, L.A. freeway, driving. We were we were at the top of our game. We were huge. I mean, it was like we were big stars. Confused, you know, doing the same stupid things that rock stars when they first come into money. All the things that athletic athletes do, you know, making all the, a lot of the same mistakes, you know. And Terry, Terry, and Terry, and other guys in the band fell into drugs really heavy. And uh, Terry had such a high tolerance. That was his curse. Is he could he could function, being really stoned and hurt and drunk and stoned, and it really was taking its toll on him. And he, you know, he played. You know, the story. You know, he he shot himself, but it was by accident. He, he was, you know, he didn't think the gun was loaded, and I know that for a fact. It was an automatic pistol. But I, not to take up the whole story with it, but it was tragic having to deal with it. The band was never the same. Never the same. Wow. Down. We were never the same after we lost Jerry Cap because he was. You know, he was the soul. A lot of people say I was the heart. The, the horns were the were the identity. Peter was the voice. I kind of looked at his, his, and Robert was like the intellect, you know, uh, and the conscience of the man. And so each of us, like, that, we had kind of developed that strong of a bond with one another and that strong of a, of a focus within the band, you know. And, you know, we lost our soul. And and uh, it was really hard. And we, you know, yes, we we you know the outcry from the fans and in the music industry was just please don't break up. There was there was really talk about breaking up. But how do you replace Terry Katz? It's really like Jimi Hendrix being in your band and, and and dying. You know, how do you replace them? Especially, it's more than the musicality, the music part of it, but the brotherhood, the 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 just the the. the the glue that, that he brought. He was he was really he was really instrumental in so many things within the band musically and, and, and spearheading and, and, and the spirit of the band was, was really all so much about Terry. And, you know, replacing him was was, was was took us we really kind of floundered for I mean we made Hot Streets was was the record follow up record. It was a really I think a fine record we did that with Phil Ramon. We did two records with Phil Ramon that were both really good. Hot Streets had some hits. Uh we had hits off of uh, 13, which was Street Player, and um, I forget what Street Player was the one, and the only one that really ended up was, and that wasn't a hit. So, 
and then we did one more record after that, and that was our low point. And that, and and actually, we we floundered for so long. The band, I remember it after the uh, thumbprint record, which was I don't know, I've lost count, but Scott uh, Street was. I mean, uh, we did thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth album. Uh, the record label bought us off uh, out of our contract because they signed us to this huge, you know, multi multi. It was the biggest record contract of all time at that point. So. We really floundered, and we there was God, they were throwing dirt on our grave in the industry. You know, it was like it was really, really, really scary. And that's when I I just got desperate. Not desperate. I got proactive and set, brought in Bill Champlin to sing lead and and play keyboard because Robert was really struggling at that point, and uh, brought in Irving Azoff and Howard Kaufman to manage the band, and got David Foster to produce the band. And, that really put us back with David. We needed a strong producer, uh, someone that could, could really, because we used to overwhelm producers with our music, with our musicianship and numbers, you know. And finally, they just throw up their hands and say, "Make your own record." And that's really kind of what happened. Not so much with Phil, but with Tom Dowd, and it really was a detriment. So we, I knew, I know that we needed a because James William Garcia, who did our first. Uh, uh, Twelve records or whatever was really strong and heavy-handed at sometimes. I mean, but we needed that, and David David served that purpose and re- revitalized the band. Yes, it took us in a direction that a lot of people uh, criticized, but there were some great, great songs that him and Peter wrote, and Peter really blossomed then as the voice of Chicago. But it gave us it gave us another whole long chapter uh, on top of the other chapters that we had before. So uh, it was really, really, it was really difficult. It was. One, it was. I, I haven't totally recovered to be honest with you. I really miss him. I really miss him. He was a great, great friend and an amazing. Mark Bonilla, the guitar player with Chicago Trans, with California Transit Authority, uh, is the closest thing I've ever had to, to my relationship with Terry Tapp. Because him wow. and I are also really, really tight. And you can hear it. Mark is a remarkable musician and player. In fact, this band. I'm, I'm going to sound. I don't want to sound arrogant or egotistical. I don't. I don't. If there's four bands in the world as good as this band, I'd be surprised because the musicianship. You got Mark Bonilla, Ed Roth is a, is a world class keyboardist. Peter Fish won six Emmys for arranging and uh, you know producing on the other keyboards. You have now we have Will Champlin on Bill Sutton on vocal, uh, West West Wave another vocalist. Uh, Mick Mahan played bass on, on the CD, but he plays. He's out with. He travels so much with Pat Benatar. We also have Travis Davis. I mean, it is a world-class band and, and, a, and a force. Like the original CTA, a force to be reckoned with. It is so good. I, you know, I hope you get a chance to see the band live. You, I know you'll agree. It is really powerful. Well, we'll make sure that we get a chance to do that. Right now, we're going to just pause for a moment and listen to your title track, Sacred Ground, from your new album, and then we'll talk about it when we get back. Thank you.
<laughs> Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradio.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. And there was the pregnant pause. We're welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the Dash Radio with Danny Seraphine. That was Sacred Ground from his new title track album, or the title track from his new album. And uh, tell us, a, tell us everything about this new album and uh, and your reuniting with Bill Champlin and and how this whole thing came to be. Well, well, first about the the album. It, like I said, it is it, it's a it. it I think it's it's a, it's going to stand up 50 years from today, and that's kind of the the goal. You know, I guess it's because of the years with Chicago and always really striving for everybody strives for quality, but there comes it has to come with really good songs, great arrangements, and timeless timeless uh, you know arra- you know ch- you know production. And so I believe this record really embodies all that. And, and the, the the thing that I'm, I'm really pleased with how it turned out is that it is it is of that original jazz rock genre but it's new. And there's a couple of uh, covers. One is a Blood, Sweat and Tears song and the other song that I co-wrote called Take Me Back to Chicago. But it, it, they're, they're both really fresh sounding as well. But it, So it's really turned out great and the real the real bonus of of this record is kind of reuniting with Bill Champlin because I, I, he was a, a guy and, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but it's 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 really an important part of the story. I, Bill really was kind of instrumental in kind of moving me out of Chicago, getting me fired, you know. And so, I, and I knew that, and um, so he was kind of a, an enemy, almost, so to speak. And and he, I know, I just, he had put out some feelers years after it happened. You know, do you think Danny would ever be friends with me again? Because I had a feeling he regretted what he did because I was actually a really strong supporter of his and an advocate of his. And so, you know, I kind of said, no, I don't want anything to do with him. No, no. I was, you know, being that closed-minded, hurt, you know, I was in that mode of, you know, angry, vindictive, hurt. And then, you know, years passed and started to soften. And, and, and we started our Facebook page, you know, at the, you know, right in the beginning of the Facebook years with, with CTA, California Transit Authority, and Bill friended me. And I thought, okay, you know, he obviously wants to, to kind of re, rekindle the friendship. And, you know, so I said to him, I said, look, I know you feel bad for what you've done. I've done some things in my life that I'm not too proud of. You only have to say two words to me, and we can kind of, you know, renew our relationship and be friends again. And so he, he wrote me and said a long, a long email, a long email, and you know, I'm going to go through the whole thing, but he said, I'm really sorry for my part in this. I knew it was a huge mistake six months after I'd done it. The band really went the wrong direction. And but I'm really sorry. I really didn't mean for it to be to end the way it did. And, and you know, you deserve better than that. And and I you know I really appreciated him saying that. But I thought to myself, you know, this is really liberating for me because you know if you can't forgive other people, how can you forgive yourself? Because I've done some things in my life that I'm not too proud of, and I and I still some of them still haunt me. To be honest with you. So it was a very liberating um, experience. Then the song Full Circle was written for our original, our first CD, which is titled Full Circle. It was supposed to be the title track, and I could not finish it. I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me finish this 
song with Peter Fish and I started it. And we got it about 80% of the weights. And I couldn't finish the lyrics. I couldn't finish the words. And, and I, I told Peter, we're just going to have to go out and release the record without it. And so, you know, quite a bit of time went by. We started on, on this record. And Mark Bonilla said, you know, pulled me aside and said, you know, that's really a good song. Let me work with it. I think we can make it a lot better and more, uh, you know, more indicative of, of what CJ is all about. And he, he, he added his magic to it. And, and well, and behold, that that he made it, he made it much better. He really did improve it. And and that during between that time and you know that part of the record, I, had, Bill and I had become a friend, had become friends again. And he had sung backgrounds on on Sacred Ground, the song. And I thought to my, I, I thought to myself, why don't we have? I'll see if Bill wants to sing it, because the, the song is about why I quit music, you know, which is part of why I got fired and with disillusionment with, and and the bitter disappointment and just burnt. I was so burnt out and I really quit playing, for all intents and purposes, for 15 years. So, but full circle is about why I, quit, why I quit and why I came back and how much I miss music and realize that it's really a big an important part of who I am and. And you know, that's why God put me here, just to play drums. So, uh, yeah, it's a really, the shadow it's a, it's a really great story. It's a really great story. Um, but uh, that's that's what that's what full circle is about. And, and the book samples thing, and, and we're we're performing together too. I mean, not every show, but we do shows. We're, we're going to be performing in Chicago area, uh, May thirty first, June first, and with Bill Champlin and CTA, and so. You know we're we're enjoying it, and we we talk today, and we're having a lot of laughs, and there's that banter, that camaraderie from from of being bandmates for so many years as well. So it's really really a great feeling, you know. And, and I'm really proud of the record, and I feel better as a man for getting over that you know, hurdle. I'd like I'd like I'd like to be honest with you, and I I, I I don't mind stating this publicly. I'd like to 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 mend the relationship with the rest of the band. I don't know that they're willing to. I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't be willing to, but there's there's a lot of politics involved. But at some point, I would love to see us sit down and have a great Italian meal, have some wine, and laugh and, and about you know all the great music we've played, we made together. You know, I think it would be a really good thing. So. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, um, and so you guys are re- you're reuniting in Chicago. When's that going to be? Um, May 31st, uh, June 1st. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We may have to come in and, and darken your doorstep for that show. That sounds well, really so cool. Where, where are you guys looking? <clears throat> uh, I'm in Arkansas and Peter's in Florida. But um, you know, I've been known to hop a plane without without a moment's notice. <laughs> well, I'd love, to, I'd really love to meet both of you in person. So if, just let me know and uh, make sure you get to the band. I wanted to. I have there's a promotion I'm, that I'm going to do in conjunction with this show. Would you mind if I talk about it for a second? No, please do. Yeah. Um, what we're offering on our website is if you buy our CD and, and mention that you heard me on the dash, we're going to give off, we're going to give away a free download of the first CD. So uh, for all the listeners that are, you know, that haven't bought the CD, and there'll be a free download of uh, if you mention that you heard me on the dash. Uh, there'll be a free That's download awesome. of the full circle. Yeah. So, so they just go to com. You know, it's CTA, www. CTA the band dot com. CTA the band dot com. All right. Yeah. We are gonna hear one more of your songs right now and then we are gonna be back for the last bit of this. I think the next song is Strike While the Iron is Hot here at the Dash. Thank you. 
sweet song, isn't it? Really that like is it. a sweet, sweet song. And um, Okay, so where are we going next in the journey? Because we could just go just about anywhere. I know that you've recently written an autobiography. Yes. Yeah, Can we go to there? Street sure. Sense My look. Chicago Story, right? Yep. You're going to know way too much about me. And, man, <laughs> you have to read that one. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about this book and what, what prompted you to do it. Well, it's been out for quite a while, but uh, it's, you know it, it came out in uh, 2000, uh, November 2010, and uh, it, 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 you know it's my life story. So what can I say? You know it's a journey, it's an odyssey, and uh, it was well. I, I wrote it with a writer by the name of Adam Mitchell, who really did a wonderful job. He crafted it more like a novel than an autobiography. If you, I don't know if you've read it, but it's, I, I, it's hard for me to be objective. Obviously, people say that it reads it's like they can't put it down once they start it. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things about my life, which obviously a lot of it is about the band and the inner workings and the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, and it has the story of you know, you know, graphically talking about Terry when when he shot himself and uh, when I was fired and uh, you know my growing up in the streets of Chicago in a, ma- in a mafia neighborhood. You know. Um, it's very, very. There's a lot in there, and it's it's, it's very well written by my co-writer. I can't take credit for that. It's my story, but he he really crafted it beautifully to make it very wonderful, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. But it was a you know again, <laughs> it really allowed me to take a look at myself, which in, in a lot of it I really didn't like. You know, when I sat step back and looked at myself and my life. I mean, it's not so much that I have regrets, but you know, you always I think. Some of the times when you've hurt people or, you know, done people wrong, you know, even if it's innocently, you, you, you regret that. And mm-hmm. that's probably, it really helped me, I think, to, to to be a better man. You know, I'm still striving. It's still, I think it's, you know, it's always a work in progress, and that's true of all. And, it, you know, believe, you know, you, you just strive to be a better person and, and treat people the way you want to be treated and, you know, and take and, and leave your mark on, on the planet, you know, a good one and, and not, you know, and give more than you take, and, and try to, you know, really try to to to, to be a good human being. You know, and it's really helped me in that that respect. Take a really good look at myself. Oh, for sure. And um, well, let's just go ahead and, and follow that down a little bit longer, because <clears throat> you know you have one of these incredible, incredible fairy tales. And, you know, let's talk about what were the high points and, you know, what were the low ones. I mean, we, we heard about one of the major low ones, and I, I would say you can't get any tougher than that. Um, so what what were some of the best, most incredible moments of your career? Well, some of the, you know, one of the most incredible moments, you know, in the early career was when we were, you know, we'd kind of been struggling, made our way up to the West Coast, our producer band. Brought us out there. I said, like I said, we were living in a seven of us living in a two bedroom house, you know, and kind of living our dream. But you know, we we you know forty dollars a week for food. You know, we were you know we were really starving. And I, and I mean, we weren't starving, but we were you know we weren't we were paying our dues and working really hard. And we were we were the we, we kind of worked our way to become the house band at the Whiskey Go Go, which was you know every who's who you name it walked through the doors and heard us play it. One night we got off the stage and Jimi Hendrix was in our dressing room, you know, and this was at the, the height of his, you know, of his uh, short-lived, you know, stardom, you know. And he, he he said he said 
you guys are the best band I've ever heard, you know, in my life. He said, they did like, I love you guys. And, he said, and it, it was so, it was like, because we were listening to his music, obviously, and we were getting high and smoking pot. And those days, you know, it was a, everybody was smoking pot, you know, and Ellis, <laughs> whatever, you know. That was, the, that was the times, and we were, you know, Jimi Hendrix and the experience, Queen, you know, uh, the Beatles, you know, Sgt. Pepper, and so have Jimmy have to have our, our one of our idols, you know, guitar gods, in their dressing room telling us how incredible we were, and he loved Terry's playing, and that that really kind of started, really started us up the ladder because he started uh, every interview he did for probably the next three months. He talked about CTA. You got to hear CTA. You got to hear this band. It's the best band I've ever heard. And then when our first album came out, he took us on tour. And, you know, we opened for him for, you know, a few months. And that's just, you know, the same thing with Janis Joplin. I mean, that, that's a story I had a run-in with Janis, and then, which we ended up ended up being really close friends and good friends. And those were great experiences, and those were some of the highs. And then the lows were the drug years where things really got out of whack and got ugly and decadent and out of focus, and, you know, um, and eventually, me, my firing was obviously besides losing Terry. That was really the low point, you know? and and all the wheels, and and all the wheels in my life fell off. And that seems the way that seems, you know, things happen for a reason. And I truly believe that that I'm a better person for that. So I don't necessarily regret that it happened because I think I'm a better man and also a better musician and better drummer from all of the adversity and self-examination and really, you know, really looking at myself. For all those years, and um, it's been a great, you know. Uh, there isn't much I would change. Uh, there's a few things, but you know, why even? <laughs> you can't. You can just do. You can do better as you move forward, and that's kind of where I live these days. Absolutely. Did you tell us the story about how and why you ended up getting fired, or is that just nowhere to go right now? Oh, it's. I mean, it's such a long. You know, that's such a long kind of. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, see, I I, well, okay, because we don't even have the time for it, and I just looked at yeah. the time and thought that was silly, but he, I just, anything that has that much profound meaning, you know, I just I just wanted to go down that road with you, but we're going to have to have you back another time because it's already 6.55. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. Uh, it's been a, it's a wonderful, wonderful interview, and I appreciate talking to both of you. you know, absolutely. You we would love to have you back. I'll, I'll bug Lauren. I'm going to find out when the next time you guys are all going to be together because all of us have something the weekend that you're playing in Chicago. So we're going to go ahead and powwow and figure out where we can come have some and have some pasta with you for sure. Oh, that, uh, you can count on that. I'd love to, love to meet you both face-to-face, and, and thank you so much for the great interview. You know? And i got to share with so you, it's, it's an honor and a privilege because, you, you know, you don't know the impact of the, the music that you've had in my life but just incredible stuff, and i got to compliment you with the new stuff as well. It's stuff that you don't mind having somebody sitting next to you, you know, blaring it up like power. You know, <laughs> let that stuff be the stuff that you hear people turn up the volume to. You've done it all over again and better. Right, what, a, what a great musical voice, wonderful stuff. And because my daughter's a trombone player, I have always said, you got to listen to Chicago. And, and you've done it all over again, so now we can do it with CTA as well. I appreciate that, guys. Appreciate the support. As you know, it's it's it's, it's a tougher road these days, but some will get it done. And I believe that this band, you know, it will find its audience, and you know, and that's what we're trying to do. And thank you for your help with that. I appreciate it. Absolutely, anything we can do. 
Thank you so much. Guys, we, we have to wrap it up. We don't want to go, but we got to go. So we'll see bring you back. here next week Thanks. here at the Dash. Thanks, Thanks Danny. Danny. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. At the Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404, and don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thedashradio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.